Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 158 of Selling the Couch. I hope today's podcast session um, has you doing exceptionally well. So I'm actually recording this episode about a month in advance, but it is a beautiful day here today and I'm hoping that the day that this episode is released that it is an awesome day. May has to be one of my most favorite months here in the Northeast. So I hope wherever you are that things are starting to warm up a little bit more. We've had a brutal winter here. I feel like I'm coming out of my slumber. Today's podcast session is just such a good topic and it's such a a needed topic. The topic is developing a niche of supporting gender questioning or transgender clients. And my guest is Dara Hoffman Fox, who is a clinician in Colorado Springs, Colorado, who works with the LGBTQI population. And today uh, we're talking all about Dara's journey, some of the things that she has learned as she has built her private practice, the importance of languaging and how the subtle things that we do with language can either affirm or uh, can actually be a deterrent or even a barrier to marginalized communities. And then we talk a lot about marketing and and what Dara has learned along the way. You guys will hear this in the podcast conversation, but Dara actually has a background in communications and videography. And so there's just a lot of cool stuff, how she took some of those past experiences and then said, you know what, I'm going to focus on this marketing channel as a way to serve my clients because it there's both a need there as well as it taps into a strength that I already have, which I think will hopefully give you some good ideas. Dara also has just an amazing ability with words and actually just in using a minimal amount of words to powerfully communicate ideas. And so we're going to go into some aspects of her website, especially some of the first words that she uses on her website. And we're going to dive really deep into that. This is a a conversation I think is just full of really practical information. Even if you don't work with a gender questioning or transgender clients, I think it's just a wealth of knowledge in, in today's podcast session. Today's podcast is supported by Turning Point HQ. Uh, This is a brand new sponsor on the STC podcast, but David and I call him Dave. Dave and I have gotten to know each other over the past two years. He was a previous STC podcast guest. And honestly, Dave is one of the most kind and generous and helpful people that I know. And 
with sponsors, you guys know I'm I'm super discretionary in terms of who I share uh, the STC audience with. And Dave, when uh, we talked about sponsorship, he was one of those people. I just I had zero doubt. And so Dave is a financial planner uh, specifically for therapists, and his whole mission is to transform your relationship with money. I know for many of us. Uh, money is something that, and the money stories that we have often been told, it impacts a lot of how we do business. It impacts how we approach things like retirement and investing and all of those things. And Dave understands that. And he comes from just a very heart-centered place to help us build out an investment in a retirement portfolio. Dave actually has this really cool guide. Uh, it's absolutely free to download, and it's called The Seven Money Mistakes That Hold Therapists Back. You can find it over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash turning point HQ. And that guide has a lot of the things that, that can hold a lot of therapists back. And actually, if you go through that link as well, you get $200 off any service that Dave provides. So we'll get right into today's conversation, which is with Adara Hoffman Fox. And you can find the show notes to today's session at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 158. So here's my conversation with Dara Hoffman Fox from the bohemiansanctuary.com and darahoffmanfox.com. Hey, Dara, welcome to Selling the Couch. Hi, Melvin. I'm really delighted to be here. Thank you. It's amazing. We were talking about this right before we get started, but we connected like way back when, you know, STC, gosh, I don't even know. It had to be in the first 30, 40 episodes, I would think. That's right. I was mentioning that a friend of mine was interviewed by you, and this is the first time I discovered your podcast. And then I knew right then that one day I have to be on this podcast and I have to know Melvin. So this is very full circle. It feels so good to actually have that kind of thing come to fruition. Yeah, no, I'm very grateful as well. I think, I don't know, there's just something powerful about this medium and there's something nice about just being able to connect, you know, authentically one-on-one. I agree. Thank you again. No problem. I feel like this is such an important topic given like just sort of what's happening just in terms of societal things, in terms of like just on multiple levels. And I almost like there's a part of me like I I felt like now I look back, I was like, why did I wait this long to like have this? Because like it is such an important topic, which is, you know, all about like gender identity, gender questioning. How do you build a practice working with transgender clients and you're doing so many things and I'm just, I'm grateful that for this conversation, we're going to oh, have I appreciate today. that, Melvin. And I, you have had so many amazing guests on your show and all of it's very important. So I'm just grateful to be here now. Thank you. No, you're so welcome. I wanted to just start at the beginning, which is, Dara, what led you to this work? So honestly, it's a lot like a lot of other people's stories where I didn't know this is where I would end up, which I love those kind of stories because it seems like that's really what happens more often than not. When I was, long story short, my own, let's say the part of my journey regarding my sexual orientation It was sometime in my mid-20s that I really started getting serious about being honest with myself about that. Um, It took about another five years for me to come out at that time as gay. I was married at the time, so I got divorced, and I needed to figure out what to do as a career. I already had a bachelor's in communication, but 
being a counselor, a mental health provider was always something on my radar. And it was actually my dad just randomly, we were having dinner and I was sharing with him how I was helping a friend of mine out with a problem. And he said, you know, you really would be a good counselor. And I literally just jumped online and started looking at what schools nearby I could go to. So that's basically, I went to graduate school and got my degree in what's called community counseling. And then after that, I worked at the local Pride Center here in Colorado Springs. So I didn't do any counseling there. I think I was a little burned out after graduate school, but it turned out to be the best decision I could have made because through the Pride Center, first of all, I found community for myself, but I made a lot of connections with people. Uh, It's the first time I ever met anybody who was transgender. I ended up leaving the Pride Center and working at a counseling center here in town. And then from there, just decided I wanted to start my own private practice because even though it was great to be working at a counseling center and have my licensure hours and supervision paid for, I was not able to do the work I wanted to do, especially with the transgender clients. And so Hmm. I wasn't planning on starting a private practice until after my kids were, you know, out of the house and in college, but I was definitely led to take that leap and start my own private practice at that point. And then from there, all the connections I made at the Pride Center, people knew I was going to be a safe person to come to, to talk about being gay or lesbian or bisexual or transgender, or even just questioning those aspects about themselves And Colorado Springs, uh, especially back then, about 10 years ago, it's a very conservative area. And so it was actually really hard for people to find therapists who would, they know could be safe and affirming for them. That's amazing. Like, it's amazing how your dad gives you this piece of advice, right? (laughs) Or just like, (laughs) yes, has such an impact on you where you search, go through grad school, do this, be at the Pride Center. I feel like Sometimes, I know for me, sometimes I forget the relationships that I, you know, the opportunities that I have and the relationships I had built through past experiences. Yeah. Right. And you, I don't know, was it like, so it sounds like you develop these relationships and then you realize there was this need, right? Was it like, as like, clear as that or you know or is it more like oh I know there's this need but who am I to mm-hmm. you know be the person to provide this like what did that even look yes like? you're so right especially in retrospect I could see all the puzzle pieces coming together so clear but at the time it feels far more at times a little bit chaotic in happenstance mm-hmm. I knew when I worked at the Pride Center that you know the area we live in uh, is, is like I said conservative and can be very difficult for those who are LGBT and trans And so once I started my private practice, it took about, you know, I had to just kind of like stretch my legs and, and get my feet wet for about a year. And then I took the time, I read the book, How to Be a Wealthy Therapist, I think Casey Truffaut, the author of that. And the main thing I took from that was that it's okay to really hone in on who you want to be your clientele. And I knew I needed to name my private practice something that really spoke to those who I wanted to come to see me. And so after, you know, it takes a while to do these things, I ended up calling my private practice the Bohemian Sanctuary. And for me, Mm. you know, regardless of what the words are, I just wanted to evoke a feeling so that if somebody, this would include LGBT, this would also include polyamorous, you know, those who are in the kink community. It could even just be somebody who 
just has a different religious belief other than what normally is experienced in Colorado Springs. Just anybody who feels like they might not find a therapist in this area who wouldn't judge them or not connect with them. And so naming mm-hmm. the business that, you know, I feel like it was sort of like in terms of somebody, do they feel like a bohemian or not? It doesn't really matter. They just knew that, oh, this therapist sounds like they'd be open-minded. And that was really what I wanted to connect with those who were searching for a counselor in my area. Just from like a, I guess, a business perspective, I like the way that you approached it because it was not like, I think that eventually you honed in on a niche, but the larger thing is you focused on where there was sort of a need and what, I guess, if somebody is reading my website or some, somebody's coming into my practice, how would I want them to feel? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't know, it's like a subtle thing, but it's like a very powerful thing. Mm-hmm. That you did. Thank you. I think my background in communication really influences what I do now because I wanted to originally like get into filmmaking, script writing, editing on all of that. And so I approach everything in my business as that whole concept of storytelling and evoking emotion. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, even something like um, creating your website, I know you've had a lot of guests talk about that. I think it's so important. You can make this into the story of your client and what is it that they would want to, how would they want to feel, you know, coming in to see you? Yeah, no, absolutely. Speaking of which, I, I mentioned this to you, but I feel like you are so good at the use of language you know, to communicate things and not just to evoke emotion, but also to communicate things very clearly, because I feel like this is a challenge for many of us, which is we, we have a lot of knowledge and we talk, 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 <laughs> right? And it gets actually more confusing the more we talk. And so what I actually wanted to do is I pulled up your website. And again, you guys can find it over at thebohemiansanctuary.com. And I'll put that in the show notes, which you guys can find over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 158. But I wanted to read just from the first, from your, your main page, because I don't know, I just, I thought it was just so like beautifully simple and elegant is what I just kept thinking. And it says, it's one of the most important decisions you'll make in your entire life, finding the right therapist. Uh, Get to know me a bit more through this site to see if we might be a good match. After that, you can set up a free, no pressure, 30-minute consultation so we can decide if we should work together. Even though therapy might be scary, your therapist doesn't have to be. <laughs> I had to go back and look at my website because I made that a little while ago and I <laughs> forgot that tagline at the end. So I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awesome tagline, by the way. What inspired you to, to write those words? I would say, you know, I can remember, I think it starts off where, you know, I just write paragraphs and paragraphs of, oh, this is what my website, you know, content should look like. And then I look at it for a bit. I'm like, oh, this is too much. And it really is just continuing to pare it down and pare it down. And then usually I just kind of let go of everything. And I just say, I'm not going to hold back. I'm just going to write down what I think somebody who is approaching this website needs to see. What would I want to see as a client? And then there it is. It comes out like that. I think you have to, you do have to go through that part where you're just writing. It feels like too much. That's your rough draft. You know, that's the way that you can then hone in and hone in and pare it down to those, that really simple 
approach. And so there's other pages on my website where you can see what my counseling approach is, what my areas of expertise are. But for me, I feel like what I've heard from my clients is when they are looking for a therapist, they really just want to know, you know, am I going to feel comfortable with you? And so I just I said, well, let's just start with that on the homepage, and then you can explore the rest of the website as much as you like to find out more about me. Yeah, that's such a good way of looking at it because I feel like, I know that sometimes I don't often think about this, which is I forget to put myself in the client's shoes, right? And so, for example, you know, we might be focused on trainings we have or credentials we have, but the reality is we forget that, you know, in the majority of situations, when clients are visiting our website, they're in some sort of heightened state, right? And whether it's anxiety or just whatever they might be feeling. And so one, they want a website that's clear. And then two, I think they just, they're looking for a human connection, (laughs) right? It's like connection before credentials. I like that. Did you really? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But I like that. I mean, I think that's (laughs) But I like that thought because it is like we forget that that connection aspect is is so Mm -hmm. important. Thank you. I'm glad that that's conveyed. The first visual that you see when you go to my website, it's this image. I I think it's just two coffee, you know, glasses Mm -hmm. of coffee sort of clinking together. Um, And, you know, behind the scenes, I'm a huge coffee drinker. I love coffee shops. And so, you know, I think it's just because I've been in business for 10 years. I feel like I can kind of go out on these, these limbs, you know, take a chance and say, you know what, so I'm going to put pictures of, you know, two cups of coffee together. Cause to me that creates a feeling of connection. You know, I know when I first started off, I was, I put so much more thought into like, Oh, what should I do? How's it going to be perceived? The longer you're in this, I don't know if you've experienced this, but you just sort of like, yeah, why don't I just try something and, and let's see if it works. And a lot of times it ends up being a lot better. Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, you could bring up a great point, which is I think many of us have ideas of what something should look like, but then it's often when we are willing to step outside of those traditional boundaries, you know, and an experiment that things do, you find out, you, I mean, you surprise Agreed. yourself. Yeah. Know? Was it hard to just do something like coffee cups, you know, when you had sort of like a different, maybe a different understanding or a different? I feel like this time around, it wasn't as hard as it has been in the past. Just, mm-hmm. you know, what? should I put on my website that sort of, oh, uh, it just is like, it could just take up so much time and energy. And I just realized, oh, I need to make my new website. I think I might was, maybe was even crunched for time. And I said a certain, you know, I only have a couple of weeks to get this website going. I think that helped too, because then you do sort of have to get, rush, get to the quick of it pretty fast. And so, yeah, I think especially because when it comes down to it, people aren't going to analyze every aspect of the website. And I know it's just more that impression. You interviewed a guest recently and he talked a lot about that when he creates his website. It's the imagery. It's the the pictures. Like just get your client already to just be like, ooh, what's going on on this website? They might just jump right over to contact me and go ahead and sign up because they just can tell this person created something that makes me feel safe and welcome. And I'm just going to go ahead and sign up. All that other work you put into your credentials and like you said, things like that, that might not even be something they're going to look at. Absolutely. It's almost like we judge our websites much more harshly sometimes. (laughs) And I think it cripples Absolutely. 
Speaking of websites, I noticed like one of the other really cool things that you did on your website is that you actually have a walking tour of your office. And so, and it, the thing is that what I loved about it is it's not like you pulled like a whole video editing team <laughs> there, right? To record this. But it was like simply like, it almost looked like you just took it through like a smartphone or something. And you just said, you know, hey guys, this is my office. And when you come in, this is what, I don't know. It just felt so inviting to I'm me. glad that that's the impression you got. It's interesting because I do have a background in video and editing. And it's so hard for me not to just want to put that much effort into every single video I put out there. But yeah, I think it came down to it where I was like, God, I keep putting off doing this video of my office. I think it's because too much, you know, I'm just putting too much effort into the production aspect. So here I go. Yes, it was just my smartphone just started outside of my office and showed everybody how you find the actual door. I, I know that when I've gone to a new place that I'm the kind of person that's like, all right, you know, what's the parking going to be? Am I going to be able to find it? Should I leave half an hour early? So that way I just wanted to take care of that worry for clients to be able not to have to have that. I'm a very visual person. So I thought, hey, why not? Let's show how this goes. And I think it conveys my personality as well, just trying to, so people can hear my voice, you know, my cadence, how do I talk? How do I explain things? So I do feel like it just sort of wrapped up a lot of elements all into into one video. Yeah. And the bigger thing in that is you didn't let perfectionism or the need to get, you know, something super technical, like all of those things that often come up for us, right? You didn't let that stop you from actually just Yes. And you really uh, hit on a good point there. I also have a YouTube video where I make videos mainly for those who are transgender or for therapists who are working with transgender clients. And I did the same thing where I was editing and high production value. And then I was doing like one video every month. And so I finally was like, you know, if I'm actually going to be posting content, I need to maybe not worry about doing that with every single video. And I asked my audience if they're okay with that. And they were like, that's totally fine. I just want to see what, you know, see you and hear what you have to say. Uh, So that's been Mm -hmm. the perfectionism part. I know a lot of us struggle with that, especially as, you know, entrepreneurs nowadays. And so I appreciate that that you mentioned that too. Yeah. Oh, you're so welcome. I wanted to shift a little bit and sort of talk about the marketing aspects of your practice, right? And so it sounds like there's sort of multiple folks that are referral sources for you, right? Tell us a little bit more about that. Like how do you generate referrals in general? Sure. For your I would say that at this point, and this isn't probably technically a person, but my psychology today <laughs> listing has been really helpful because when people are specifically either transgender, gay, lesbian, bisexual, you can indicate on psychology today, you, know, you look up the zip code of where you want to find a therapist, and then you can specifically say, I want to make sure this person is going to be friendly in this manner. And so it turns out that that whittles down the number of therapists quite quickly in my area. And especially if they're gender questioning or transgender, that really does hone down the number of therapists offered. And so that's been a great way for me to be able to very quickly for people to be able to find me specifically using my psychology today listing. And then I would say 
actually Google, which is another great referral source for me because I have the YouTube channel. I have a website specifically uh, under my name that in which I have blogging and share articles. I have my Facebook community and even my private practice website. But what happens is if somebody types in Colorado Springs or even just Colorado, you know, gender therapist, my name comes up first and foremost, because of how much I have put on the internet having to do with my area of expertise. Yeah, that's cool. So it's like you haven't tried to create content that speaks to everybody, that you've actually tried to create content that speaks to a certain niche. But even within that niche, if you think about every individual piece of content, it might be sort of just one subtle, nuanced struggle or challenge. Mm -hmm. Yes, I would say since 2014, I've really begun to do that content creation and, you know, something else just to keep in mind. It could take a while. It could take a good couple of years for the internet to catch up with you and to say, oh, like this is a person that really knows their stuff. So I would say at this point, especially four years later, it's really works very smoothly. Um, I, people come in and I say, hey, how'd you hear about me? Oh, the internet, you know, or it was your YouTube channel or somehow you putting that information out there. I think you've heard the saying before where it's like, you know, if somebody sees it three times, then perhaps, you know, that's more of a marketing aspect, but, oh, I just saw Dara's name again. And again, okay, this is the third time I've heard Dara's name. I'm going to go ahead and reach out. And so, but it does, you know, start now, you know, would be my advice when it comes to getting yourself out there, especially nowadays on the internet so that people can find you as somebody who really knows what you're talking about in your area. How did you decide to focus on YouTube? Ah, so YouTube, I think it was a combination of my interest in wanting to be a filmmaker. And then it turns out I can do this on my own for free. I don't have to uh, get hired by a film studio. But I wanted to combine that with my passion for wanting to share information specifically about uh, helping the transgender community. And so I just got up my courage and finally thought, you know, I'm just going to start putting a couple of videos out there and see how it goes and waited to see if people liked it. And if they did, then I thought, okay, so I'm on the right track. Let's go ahead and keep creating more videos. Uh, last time I checked, I have a little over 9,000 subscribers and I'm really I would love to spend more time on my YouTube channel. I think it's such a an amazing outlet. And also, I know a lot of transgender people, a lot of gender questioning people go to YouTube first. They want to be able to see stories of people who've gone through this. There's a couple other gender therapists doing what I do, but when you think about how many people are on YouTube, there's maybe like three gender therapists who are saying, hey, if you're questioning your gender, here's some things to keep in mind. So I feel like it's a, an untapped market that I'm really trying to really supply more information in that way because there is definitely a demand for it. Yeah, this I think is one of the things that I've learned, which is all of us, like we don't need to have 10 different platforms that we focus on, right? We just need to pick one. And part of picking one is figuring out where the ideal clients. One is like, how are they consuming information? Where are they hanging out? Where are they going to when they need information? And then what is it that it's our strength, right? For example, there's no point in doing Instagram if you're not like a very 
artsy mm-hmm. visual person, mm-hmm. maybe. You know? Yes, that's exactly right. I also enjoy using Facebook. I have a Facebook page called Conversations with a Gender Therapist, and it's at like 22,000 likes at this point, which, you know, for me, I mean, that's kind of like how you talk about like selling the couch. Like, how did this happen? How did it grow? It's because people need this and people want this. And it's such an honor to know somehow, you know, we knew there was a market to tap into there, and then it just that feeling of knowing we're on the right path. And so that's another venue um, that I like to use, but I would definitely say between Facebook and YouTube, I really have tried to focus on those two or else, like you said, you can spread yourself out too thin. You know, with the YouTube channel, do you keep the videos just within that YouTube platform or do you put them also on the website or part of the I sure posts, do. Or yeah, do definitely do? repurposing whenever I can. I'll usually, sh- I'll share them on Facebook. I'll share them on, on Twitter. And then I have my main website on which I'll just create like a blog post and say, and I'll just embed the video there and use that as a way to direct people to the videos as well. Nice. Yeah, that's a work. <laughs> Thank you. Hard, yes. Right? <laughs> that's something I'm still working on. <laughs> but no, it's cool that, I mean, that you've actually thought about like multiple sort of repurposing even so using that channel of YouTube because of the traffic and all of those different things. But at the same time, you don't want to keep people on a channel or a platform that you yourself have not created. Right. Right. And right so, exactly. And so, yep. And then, uh, yeah. So then I guess sending it over to your private practice website and for, for more information. Yes. Kind of- I think that's a good approach too. Thank you. Um, Dara, I wanted to wrap up with just a final question, which is what would you say are the top three tips that you've picked up along the way when it comes to creating a private practice that's focused on serving the LGBTQI population? I would say one of the easiest things you can do is look at your paperwork, uh, your intake paperwork, mm-hmm. and make sure that it's going to be, you know, you're not going to have, for one, a, something very specific about male or female or anything that's going to just make somebody feel left out. You know, go ahead and put something on your paperwork that says sexual orientation and just leave a blank, gender identity and leave a blank. On my paperwork, especially because I do have so many clients who are transgender, having a separate line for, let's say, their legal name, but then what name, you know, have they chosen for themselves or what name do you prefer to go by? That would be something else to look at. So being inclusive with your language in your paperwork, that means also on your website, on your Psychology Today profile, anywhere that you are out there, try to be as inclusive. If you, you know, you don't have to list specifically sexual orientation, gender identity, but just make sure you're not accidentally excluding anybody with any language that you're using. You can have these safe zone signs in your office to make sure that when somebody comes in, they do see that, you know, that safe zone sign is something you can order on the internet that lets them know that, you know, everybody's welcome here. You are safe here. Let's see. Also, I would suggest that, you know, especially nowadays, a lot of us are using social media as a way to put out there what is it that we do. Share articles about that every now and then. You might have your own area of expertise, but if you see something interesting about, you know, how to help people who are transgender, you know, what's it like to be gay or lesbian in this 
current uh, climate, that kind of thing. Just start putting that out there and, and people will look at your Facebook page, for instance, as your own resume. You know, they're going to see your website, but then they're going to say, hmm, I'm going to go ahead and just Google this therapist and see what else comes up. Are they on Facebook? And then they'll start seeing these sort of articles being posted there or conversations that you're having. So just as much as possible, just slide it in every now and then uh, within your the vernacular that you already are using. Those are all such great tips. I especially like love that about languaging because I don't know, it's just something like something so subtle and perhaps even like in something that may even be innocuous, like how that actually may be, may actually like further stigmatize or make someone feel less empowered. So I, I just like, I especially love that point about, I don't know, even like leaving it blank. I mean, it's mm-hmm. such a good because that itself is like an empowerment. Yeah, I would say if microaggressions is something that you're not familiar with, go ahead and and look at that up, you know, microaggressions in therapy. It's not just for LGBT community, you know, any group that is marginalized or minority community, there's aspects of microaggressions that you can accidentally be doing even, you know, in public with your website for any group. So I think that that's a good reminder for us all to take a look at that. I remember one of the things that I mean, I think people meant well, but some people would always tell me that I speak English well, mm, mm-hmm. right? And so, but you know, because I was born in India, but I, you know, and all those things, and I, and as I've gotten older, like I still struggle, like how right. do I respond, you know? That's what I yeah. point out to people is to like ask themselves as therapists, you know, has this ever happened to me? And to mm-hmm. then say, oh, okay, so I know that really gives you that extra compassion, level of compassion to check in with yourself on that. Yeah. Absolutely. Dara, I'm so grateful for you, grateful for the work you're doing. Uh, I know uh, it's just such important work. Where can folks learn more about you and uh, the awesome work Thank you're doing? Thank you, Melvin. And same to you, by the way, with the work that you're doing. Let's see. So you mentioned my private practice website, thebohemiansanctuary.com. My website, darahoffmanfox.com, is where I have, it's pretty much the hub of everything you can find when it comes to my videos, blog posts. You can connect with my social media there as well there's going to be a a pop-up box that comes up and I really encourage you to sign up for my newsletter. You can indicate that you are a therapist because in the next couple of months, I am going to be starting to create e-courses for therapists who want to know more about working with gender questioning, non-binary and transgender people. So again, go to my website, fill in that pop-up box and you're going to get a free newsletter with tips every week about what you can do with these clients as well as information about future resources. And then you can find me on YouTube under my name and also Conversations with a Gender Therapist on Facebook. Awesome. Dara, thank you again for doing Thank you, Melvin. Thank you so much for having me. Hi there. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Dara and I hope that uh, it's given you some different ideas and new ideas in terms of how to work with LGBTQI clients and really how to develop a niche around that. Again, Dara has a wealth of knowledge on her website, especially if you want to learn more. And you can find that over at darahoffmanfox.com. And as she mentioned, that's sort of the hub. So you can find a lot of information there. I was thinking a lot about, you know, this conversation. And I think one of the things that that really resonated with me was 
that last aspect where she talked about microaggressions, I feel like all of us, if we're completely honest, right, all of us probably engage in some sort of microaggression on a fairly regular basis. And I think one of the things that we as clinicians can do is just to have a level of awareness and being able to take a step back and say, are some of the things that I'm saying or doing or not saying or not doing, how are they impacting um, those who I serve? How are they impacting society in general? And I just feel like something as subtle as that, you know, um, can go a long way. The other thing I really liked was the practical tip that Dara gave, like on her intake packet, and how she didn't list things like gender. Um, she she gave power to the client to be able to to list and to label in the way that made sense for them. You can find more information, and you can find a review of uh, today's session over on the show notes page over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number one five eight. Before we wrap up, just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Turning Point HQ for supporting today's podcast session. So Turning Point HQ is the result or is the brainchild of David Frank, who is a financial planner for therapists. And as I've mentioned before, uh, Dave and I actually have gotten to be good friends, just an awesome person to work with. And one of the things that Dave will help us to do is create a holistic and an intentional retirement and investing plan that supports you to lead a really awesome life. Because ultimately, I think for many of us, it's we invest, right, to create the life that we want. And uh, it's to do it in an intentional way. And Dave, honestly, is just one of the most like heart-centered folks that I've ever met. And you're absolutely going to be in good hands with him. You can learn more about Turning Point HQ and the awesome services that they provide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash turning point HQ. And if you go through that link, uh, Dave actually created this seven financial mistakes that therapists make. It's a free downloadable and uh, you can download it right there. And then you also get $200 off any of your, any of the services that Dave provides. Be sure to mention that you heard it on STC. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Take good care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.